Thanks for listening to the Inner Life Podcast. Be sure to join us every weekday at 11 a.m. Central on Relevant Radio or on the Relevant Radio app. Find your local Relevant Radio station at RelevantRadio.com or stream us live every day on the Relevant Radio app. It's time to set out on the pathway to healing and light. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. If you have questions or concerns about your faith journey, if you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One heart at a time. Welcome to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Hi there, this is Josh Raymond, and welcome to The Inner Life. Hope that you're having a great Friday here as we round out this week. Don't forget, don't eat your bacon or your steak or your chicken today. It's, it's Friday, so you want to make sure you go eat your fish or uh, get the vegetarian platter today. Uh, but today, ha- I want to ask you, has your life turned out exactly as you planned? And I would guess that if you happen to be a member of the human race, you're probably going to answer no. No, my life has not gone according to plan, uh, especially those plans that you had as a child or a teenager thinking about what you wanted to be when you grew up. But has your life even ended up anywhere close to what you thought it would be? So there's a woman that I know who started out like most Americans. Her name is Lori, and she grew up in a small town, the middle of three sisters. And Lori played with dolls. She took piano lessons. Occasionally, she fought with her older and younger sisters. Uh, This was back in the late 50s. After she graduated high school, she went to college, uh, went to college for a year, started dating a boy, and he would eventually marry her in the summer of 1961. And a few years after that, then Lori and her husband, they have two children. They have a boy and a girl. And because of the husband's work, they bounce around living in several places. They live in Baltimore, in Maine, they're in California. They even spent some time in Germany. And as they moved around, she'd take on different jobs in different cities, working as a bank teller in one place, helping in a bakery in another, and of course, being a mom to these two small children. And at this point, Life sounds pretty ordinary, you know, that that's something that you could probably envision, whether it's you or maybe your parents might have started out that same way. But while her kids were still young, while she was in her mid-20s, Lori began having pain in her hip. And so she went to a doctor and then saw another doctor and it finally was decided that they needed to do surgery. And the day of the operation came, and the doctors opened up her hip to see what was going on. And now that hip joint, it's what's called a ball and socket joint. And so that socket part, that's on the low end of either side of the pelvic bone. And the ball part of the joint, that's on that upper end of the femur, that upper leg bone. And when the surgeon made that incision to expose that joint, they all of a sudden realized, "Uh uh-oh, we've got bone infection that's happening. In fact... As soon as that hip joint was exposed to the air in the room, the, the pelvic, pelvic bone started to disintegrate. And so seeing this, the surgeon closed up the incision as quickly as possible, and there was nothing that could really be done without risk of watching that bone deteriorate even more. So now at this point, then everything changes for Lori. Her hip joint was no longer complete. That socket, it no longer could keep that ball end of the femur, that leg bone. It couldn't keep it in place. And so that joint 
her leg would slip out of socket regularly. And so there'd be that regular discomfort and pain. And I, uh, you know, would hear stories of how her husband would take, grab onto her ankle as she was sitting in a reclining chair and pull. And that bone would then allow that, that extended leg would allow that bone to kind of slip back in there into that joint where it would relieve that discomfort. But this happened when she was about 25. And then she had to learn on how to walk on crutches. She could no longer stand up for long periods. She went from an active life to now being mainly sedentary. Everything changed. Life didn't turn out as she planned. And now she just had to go along for the ride, not knowing what was going to happen in her mid-20s. Does that sound familiar? Not that you would have had the same medical condition or the same outcome as Lori, but you're going along in your life, and then you get blindsided by something that you had no idea that was around the corner. You didn't see it coming, and everything changes. Well, today on The Inner Life, we're going to talk about taking up our cross, whatever that might be, taking up our cross and following Jesus. And so just like Lori, she all of a sudden had this cross that she had to bear in her life, What's that cross that you've had to carry? And how's it helped you grow in your relationship with Christ? When have you had that cross? Are you actively carrying it right now? Has it made a difference in the trust that you have in God, in the faith that you've been able to grow in, in your relationship with God? We're going to look at that with one of our spiritual directors, a regular voice here on The Inner Life, Father Michael Hurley. He's a Dominican priest from Pacifica, California. He's the pastor of St. Dominic Parish in the Archdiocese of San Francisco. Father Michael, so glad to have you join us today as we look at taking up our cross. Delighted to be here this morning, Josh. And so uh, as we look at that idea of taking up our cross, I think, you know, I talked about something where Lori, and full disclosure, I tell this story, I actually know her because she's my mom. So that's something that she dealt with uh, in her early life there. But when I think of taking up our cross, then I think we can have two different meanings. We can look at that suffering angle. We can look at how the things that, that come at us in life, those can be the difficulties. But then is there also an aspect of taking up our cross and looking at it that we no longer live for ourselves, for our own desires, our own wants? Now we live for what Jesus wants. We accept that call to live for his kingdom. Yeah, no, that's an excellent distinction, Josh, because I think usually when we hear that phrase, take up your cross, we think about the, the burdens, the sufferings, perhaps an illness, a financial struggle, a, a difficult relationship in our lives, and we think, oh, this is the cross that I'm bearing. But the cross as a metaphor for burdens would almost absolutely not mean what Jesus was talking about. In other words, when Jesus said, take up your cross, and what the apostles heard really didn't have to do directly with daily burdens. Rather, if you think about what did the cross mean for someone who is in the first century, it is, the cross is the most excruciating, painful, publicly shameful way to die. And so when Jesus says, take up your cross, he's not talking about simply the kind of burdens that we might take on a daily basis, but he's talking about a fundamental attitude that we be able to let go of everything in our lives, good things, struggles, the joys, the sorrows, but that our whole life is oriented 
towards pouring our life out in sacrifice for who? For for love of God. So it's it's really um, it, sometimes you can take away the challenge of Jesus. This is really one of the most challenging things that Jesus says to his apostles. He says it both positively. Uh, you know, to take up your cross if you want me to be your disciple. But he also says it negatively. He says, whoever does not take up this is not worthy of me. And I, I can't think of anything worse than to be not worthy of Christ, to not be part of uh, his, his, his disciple, one of his adopted uh, sons and daughters in, in Christ. And so it's a fundamental attitude to be able to die to self, to be able to sacrifice, to live a life in which we are giving ourselves in love, for the responsibility the Lord has, has given us. And then only then can we truly appreciate that the daily sufferings and burdens are, in a sense, incorporated into that. So, so our cross is not the burdens, but it's that attitude and that fundamental intentionality or that uh, uh, total abandonment to God's will that then makes all the daily burdens and sufferings, or whatever particularly we're struggling with, to really have sense and orientation and direction in God's love. So you talk about that attitude change then, Father. What's a good place for us to start? And uh, if if we haven't looked at how we can take up our cross and have that abandonment, as you, as you talk about, to the will of God, where can we start with that and say, okay, you know, I, I'm ready for this. I'm a little scared maybe, but how do I take that first step? Yeah, I, I think the first step is to, to truly um, kind of almost want it, desire it. I often tell people who are struggling with things that even the desire to want to continue to struggle or even the desire to want to take up your cross is, our, is, is the best first step to, to say this is something I want, something I desire. If it's not, if the Lord hasn't doesn't give us the grace and we don't respond to the grace to simply desire it, we're never going to get anywhere, right? So they even just even take that first step. But I think the next step from that is is really to reflect and contemplate, especially during these days of Lent, of of, of Jesus. I'll <laughs> be looking to the Gospels, looking to how Jesus carried his boat on that physical way of the cross, but just in his own life. And there, there's a richness because you see how Jesus, uh, in a sense, gives himself in love. We see how tender he is both uh, when it comes to challenging those uh, who would think they were righteous, but also comforting those uh, who are struggling. We see that Jesus fears his cross and the agony of the garden. And when we see that sense of trust, that abandonment to his Father's will, Lord, you know, Father, let this cup pass from me, but your will be done, not mine. And so when we contemplate and truly uh, place ourselves in the context of Jesus' own life, but particularly during these Lenten days of his passion and death, I can't help but imagine, even just for myself, when, I, when I'm drawn into that, uh, you know, in terms of my imagination, in terms of my prayer, in terms of my contemplation, it certainly is an encouragement to me, like, that's what Jesus did for me, that's the love he has for me. I want to share <laughs> in his love. I want to participate in that salvific action. So it, it's, it's like when you, when, you, when, you, when you get attached to a particular sports team and you're, you want to like, celebrate the, the, the victories, and even as you kind of undergo the, kind of the losses or you, you like a certain uh, fiction or a certain actor or something, you get drawn into that experience. Drawing us into the experience of Christ's passion and death helps us to, if not make sense, because it doesn't always make sense, it helps us 
to abandon our will, to have that intentionality, that sense of focus of seeing our suffering as, in a sense, an expression of love, an expression of God's presence in our lives. Now, as you're talking about this, we still have, even if we're trying to abandon ourselves to God's will, and we want to, we, we have that desire, we spend that time reflecting on Jesus's path to the cross and trying to make that an active part of our own lives, we still have our own thoughts, our own desires, our own needs, our own wants, our, our own weaknesses when it comes to sin. How can we how can we look at those things and know that they're still there, but practice that true abandonment? What, how do we approach that? Yeah, no, I think that it's an excellent question because sometimes we think that our failures and our faults get in the way of our relationship with Christ. And they can. They can blind us uh, to God's presence and his love if we're separated from Christ by by serious sin or by addiction that we, we've just given ourselves over to or just uh, lapse into a kind of despair in life, that can certainly paralyze us. On the other hand, though, it can be the very struggle, the awareness of our faults and failures that can make us like Peter, who when he's walking across the water at some point <laughs> is fearful of the, of the great wave that's coming at him. And as he begins to sink, he just reaches out and says, Lord, save me, right? And so Peter's recognition that he was in a tight spot, right, he he was drowning, was actually the mechanism by which he was able to feel the Lord's embrace. He was able to be be caught up by the Lord and to be saved by the Lord's grace. So it's it's actually a kind of, as, as you say, awareness of our own faults and failings that can either, they can go two ways. They can either lead us, further separate us or paralyze us or cause us to be kind of lapsed into a kind of uh, navel-gazing or our guilt or shame, or they can move us to reach out to the Lord and say, I can't do this alone. I can't do this on my own. Lord, save me. And there's nothing more powerful than acknowledging our weakness insofar as then we open ourselves up to God's grace and thereby can uh, totally abandon our life to Him in love. That also makes me think of, uh, I heard years ago, somebody giving a reflection on Psalm 23, you know, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. But there's that part there where it says, thy rod and thy staff, they come for me. And as you're talking about, you know, the, the challenges that you might face where you say, God, I can't do this alone. There's also even the correction there, the rod and the staff yeah. that helps get the sheep back on the path that they're supposed to be on. That is a comfort. It's it might not be so comfortable at the moment, but it's a comfort just knowing that God's there helping to steer us in the right way, probably more than we will ever realize in our earthly lives. Absolutely. I, 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 we do uh, have a very robust RCA program here at the parish, and I remember uh, a woman telling me that for many years she was away from the church, and she was, she was uh, you know, a Catholic, cradle Catholic but had just, you know, especially in, in kind of the, the morality kinds of things that we're all aware of in terms of relationships, had drifted to the church and just not understand the church's position or teaching uh, about the dignity of marriage and sexuality. 
And it wasn't later until she had really had a sense of uh, difficulties in that area where she really said she understood the wisdom of the church and that this deep kind of burden or guilt on her mind and her conscience that she never really fully acknowledged until there was a particular moment of God's grace. She said, that was God, that was, you know, the Lord, you know, that guilt and shame wasn't just of my own making, but with my conscience uh, telling me that something wasn't quite right here, (laughs) that I I perhaps didn't have it all figured out. And by opening herself to maybe, you know, the church has something to say to kind of coming back to her roots, she was able to experience fullness of God's healing mercy and grace, and definitely is able to share with other people that sense in which um, when, 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 we, when we abandon control, when we relinquish, you know, I've got to be right about this or justify our own behavior. The Lord's little correction and nudging through our conscience can bring us to a fullness that we, we would never kind of anticipate or, or appreciate unless we were able to do that. Our spiritual director today is Father Michael Hurley, Dominican priest in the Archdiocese of San Francisco, and we're talking about taking up our cross. And Father, right after uh, this break coming up here, I want to also talk about those sufferings. You talked about the attitude change. We also want to talk about those sufferings and how we can look at taking up our cross in both of these manners here. But when have you had that cross to carry in your own life? Are you actively carrying that right now? Is it something that you have moved past? Uh, Have you had that attitude change? And how has that made a difference in the trust and the faith that you have in God? How has God helped you on your journey? We'd love to hear your story. 888-914-9149 is the phone number. You can call and join the program right now. 888-914-9149 or email innerlife at relevantradio.com. We'll be back in just a moment. Catholic Order of Foresters is proud to sponsor the Relevant Radio Studio Line. For information about employment opportunities and flexible premium life insurance plans, visit RelevantRadio.com slash Forrester. If you're looking for a little help on your journey of faith, our priests are here for you. Call now, 1-888-914-9149. That's 1-888-914-9149. Or email us, innerlife at relevantradio.com. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Welcome back. I'm Josh Raymond, along with our spiritual director, Father Michael Hurley, a Dominican priest in the Archdiocese of San Francisco and pastor of St. Dominic Parish out there. And we're looking at what it means to take up our cross and follow Jesus. And if that's something you're dealing with in your own life, if it's uh, something you're actively carrying that cross then we'd love to hear how that has made a difference in your faith journey, how that's helped you in your trust and your faith in God as he leads you on your walk of faith. You can give us a call, 888-914-9149. That's 888-914-9149. You can also email us, innerlife at relevantradio.com. Right before we came back, you might have heard Father Rocky with one of his Lenten lessons on the Mass. And if you haven't signed up for that, really easy to do. 
You can do it just when you go to our website, relevantradio.com, or on the Relevant Radio app. All of the past Lenten lessons are there. You can access those. But if you want to sign up, you'll actually get them sent to your inbox, uh, your email inbox, and you'll have a new one every day. It has a written reflection as well as the audio reflection that you just heard. Plus, there's a great video that Father Rocky has recorded for each day along the 40 days of Lent, and you'll be able to see kind of behind the scenes in our chapel at our headquarters in Green Bay, Wisconsin, some of the different aspects of things you might not understand or might not recognize the significance of what's being done uh, at Mass, what happens at your church. Today he actually has a video on the altar, and one of the things I found fascinating, the altar cannot be moved to another church. It it has to stay where it is. Um, It's such a sacred piece of uh, the the church there. And so uh, go ahead and sign up for that again, relevantradio.com or through the Relevant Radio app. Again, our spiritual director today, Father Michael Hurley. And Father Michael, as we're talking about taking up our cross, we've got three of the four Gospels where Jesus mentions this, where he talks about taking up our cross. Or as you said, might be in the negative. Anyone who does not take up their cross is not worthy of following me. But there's also, uh, so there's two times that it's mentioned in Matthew, once in Mark and twice in Luke. The first time it's mentioned in Luke, Jesus actually says that we need to take up our cross daily. Why do you think there's that emphasis on daily in that one? You've talked about this attitude change we need to have. Uh, Is it something that we just, we always have to be renewing that in our minds and our, our hearts? Yeah, no, and I think this is it, exactly, I think this is why Jesus does uh, add that, at least in, in the Gospel of Luke, that sense of daily renewal. You know, there's a, a beautiful uh, quote from St. Rose of Luke, the great uh, Dominican uh, um, saint, who said that apart from the cross, there's no other ladder by which we can get to heaven. And it's that idea then that as we ascend in the spiritual life, with God's grace, of course, is that it, you, don't, you don't climb a ladder all at once. It's rung by rung, day by day, you know, each day. And so that sense of embracing that full abandonment to God's will is both an attitude, but then it has to actually take some kind of manifestation, some kind of habit in our lives of dying to ourselves again and again and again. And so that daily sense of sacrifice, those daily acts of love, we even think of the little way of St. Teresa of doing small acts with great love. And that's what it comes down to, that sense of each day when I get up. And this is why, for example, in a practical way, a morning prayer, a morning offering, a prayer, you know, right in the first, you know, hopefully 30 minutes or hour of our day of, of, of kind of coming into consciousness is some kind of act where we say, Lord, thank you for a new day. Of course, gratitude's involved, but then offering the day, saying, saying, you know, whatever, whatever cross, whatever opportunities to die to self uh, come to me this day, give me the grace and the strength to be able uh, to embrace them, to take them up, and with your strength, to carry them gracefully. Uh, one thing you mentioned there, uh, St. Therese of Lisieux, and uh, you're, you're setting it, the stage nicely, Father, because we're actually going to be talking about St. Therese and looking at Lent through the little way uh, that she established, how we can welcome and see God's grace and God's love in those little, even the mundane things that we have that happen in our lives. But another thing that you mentioned, you know, as we start looking at those sufferings that we might be dealing with, those challenges in our life that become those daily crosses that we have to take up, 
You had mentioned Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane the night before he is arrested, or the night when he is arrested, but then the, the night before he's crucified. And he prays and says, Father, can you let this cup pass from me? But not my will, your will be done. Is it okay for us to have those same prayers when we're going through whatever that difficulty, whatever that struggle, that suffering, is that okay to follow Jesus' lead, even though Jesus tells us, as we, we already acknowledged, he tells us we, we have to take up our cross daily. Is it okay to say, God, <laughs> this, this just feels like so much. Yeah. Take it away from me, please. <laughs> yeah, not only, I think, Josh, not only is it okay, it's, it's necessary. <laughs> just my, one of my little pet peeves on, on prayer is I think people think that prayer is like, oh, Lord, how great you are and how wonderful everything is. And it's just kind of pious kinds of things. And of course, we, we've got our, our traditional prayers, but come on, let, let's face it. If, you, if you've read the Psalms, David <laughs> says, oh, Lord, you're, I mean, I'm paraphrasing here, but you're a dirty rat. You know, you're, you're someone, you know, if, if I'm, if you're not going to bless me, you know, who else are you going to bless? So he gets frustrated. There's upset. There's, there's um, a, a sense of injustice in, his, in his, his voice. He comes from, if you will, negative emotional spaces. And certainly a fear is that fear that the Lord had in the garden is something that not only is it okay to feel, it's human to feel, right? Our, our, our spiritual life is not divorced in any way from our human life, our emotional life, the fullness of that range. And so oftentimes negative emotions are the way, in a very powerful way, to enter into a conversation with God. Going back to St. Teresa, what is, of Avila this time, what is contemplative prayer? Nothing but talking to God like a friend. And that is both speaking to God and listening for His voice. And so to think that that, that fear, anxiety, frustration, even anger would, wouldn't come into our prayer is, is actually, we're not really praying in a full way. It's a fulsome of prayer and embraces even kind of negative emotions. And especially when we're suffering, I think the best place to start is just to say, Lord, I'm suffering. This is tough. I don't, I don't, I can't do this on my own, right? That's, that's the most natural place uh, to start. And if we don't start there, if we, if we short circuit our emotional life, when it comes to our spiritual life, we can actually do damage to ourselves. We can actually not actually have the fullness of God's grace and healing because he wants to heal all of us. He wants to uh, transform all of us, the body, mind, heart, soul, emotions, everything, all of who we are. And so when we're struggling to say, Lord, take this away from me, perfectly legitimate prayer and to acknowledge it. Now, we have to pray and acknowledge for what we want, but then, and this is where that abandonment comes, we are open to receive what God has for us, what we truly need, and trusting that he knows best for us in that way. So, yeah, so I'm, I always like to push back against the, uh, the idea that negative emotions somehow keep us from prayer. On the, uh, quite the reverse. They are sometimes the best and most human ways to enter into the fullness of prayer. Mm, that's beautiful. Our spiritual director, Father Michael Hurley, and uh, we're talking about taking up our cross, taking up our cross, especially daily in following Christ, and how we look at that uh, from an attitude change, an abandonment to God's will in our lives, but also in those sufferings that we come across day in and day out in our lives. And we'd love to hear from you how God has worked in your life through the crosses that you've borne over the years. Maybe it's something very recent. Maybe it's something that's been going on for a long time. The phone number, you can join the program, 888-914-9149. That's 888-914-9149. You can email innerlife at relevantradio.com. And Father, let's go to Georgia. She's listening to Relevant Radio in Phoenix, Arizona. Hi, Georgia. Welcome to the Inner Life today. 
Thank, thank you so much. Um, I was married for 52 years. My husband and I moved from Denver to Phoenix. Within three weeks, he was in the hospital, stayed in the hospital for six weeks and died. I was down here, no friends, knew nobody. And honestly, I thought I was going to probably go crazy. But in Mm -hmm. January, I finally got down and I told the Blessed Mother, if you get me through this, I will do my rosary every day. Now, I had belonged to a rosary group, helped make like 30,000 rosaries. But guess what? I never did the rosary. Started doing the rosary. Now, two, almost two and a half years, I got my joy back. I'm happy. Um, I only have a few friends because COVID has kind of taken us away from our social group, like church. But, um, you know, I I never would have made it without Mama. Amen. That's beautiful. That, you, you bring up a, a good point that, that uh, the Blessed Mother is the person in, in the scriptures that is kind of the rock for for both the apostles and for her son, even meeting him on the road to Calvary. So um, is there a particular a way in which uh, you, you say you say the rosary, but was that hard to get going? What what, what would you say to, to someone who says, I don't, I don't have time for a rosary. I don't think I could do a rosary. Maybe just mention that. You know, it, it was, it was dry. And, and then I started using the apps, you know, where you can go on and, and that helped. And then I don't know why all of a sudden I decided I had to do all four mysteries and that was grueling. And I did that for about six months. And then at the end, I started going back to one rosary a day and it was really easy. So make yourself work a little (laughs) harder and maybe it'll work. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) <laughs> it's like lifting weights and you go up to the really heavy ones. And then when you go back to the lighter ones, it's easy. <laughs> no, but that's, that, that, that's beautiful. Thanks for sharing that, that story. And, and especially I think in prayer, we can connect with those who have gone before us too, right? There's a way in which we're, even if our loved ones have gone from us, they're not, we're not disconnected from us. They're not apart mm, from us, right. so particularly in prayer. Yeah, yeah. And that's, you know, Jesus, when he had the Sadducees coming to him trying to say, uh, trying to trip him up and uh, say there is no resurrection because that was their belief. He said, well, you quote Abraham, you know, the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. He's the God of the living, not of the dead. And so we know that there is that that hope that we're going to be reunited with our loved ones in heaven. We have that hope of, of making it there. And uh, I, it... it it really is something that allows us to breathe a little easier, knowing that when we do lose someone, there is that hope. Uh, Father, let's go to Teresa. She's listening in Orange County, California. Hi, Teresa. Welcome to The Inner Life today. Oh, bless you both. Um, I'm 60 years old, and the heart is so heavy to always to have wanted to get married. And every day, I just have to pick up my cross. I wanted a family more than life itself. 
And, you know, I started a living rosary ministry where I actually was blessed to learn how to chant the Hail Mary in Hebrew. And when I learned that and prayed in women that couldn't get pregnant, they would somehow, through the grace of God, start to conceive. Um, I saw miracles. I saw people that had cancer, all of a sudden the cancer leave. And the Blessed Mother says, you are a spiritual mother. Will you just trust me? And then COVID happens, and I can't go to the churches, and I'm shut from from doing my ministry and it's really hard to get a job when you're older because they want the young people. And the job that I have, I get beat up because I'm Christian and they're not. <laughs> and all I wanted to do was just love God and serve God and, and have a family. And I'm not in that place. And I have to continue to say, okay, I'll just trust and, and I believe I am being attacked because I am standing for something that is greater than what is of this world. And God wants me to just rise and trust every moment, every day, to choose Christ and not buy into what the world says, but to, to just trust in his holy will. But it's not easy, I admit. Um, I did a, a healing rosary just yesterday. And to have the ladies just go into an experience of the rosary, not just say it, but actually we did the luminous mysteries and to put our foot into the Jordan and feel this chill of the living water go into your whole entire body. You keep your eyes closed. And then I took holy water and sprayed their faces and let the water come down their face. Tears were coming down because they were experiencing the rosary, not just rattling it off, but living it and rebaptizing their heart and their soul and their mind and their body. And God was present, and our Blessed Mother was wrapping her mantle around them when they were at the wedding at Cana. And every aspect of the rosary can be lived out, and it can be a blessing if they choose to live it. And that's what God has given me. And I just hope I can continue to do it and not get caught up in this world as I drive to work right now. <laughs> <laughs> wow, geez, that's a fantastic story. I, we, we, I love, once again, that, that the rosary is so powerful. Of course, as we as Dominicans, that's our, that's our uh, devotional that, that we have uh, promulgated and given to the church. And so, as you say, to, to experience it, to have an experiential rosary, is that, is that some, uh, an idea you came up with, or is that something that uh, was, uh, was, you were kind of following a tradition of? I think um, when I met a young man who was studying to be a rabbi, and he, um, you know, he, he uh, learned about the Catholic faith and started to chant the Hebrew Hail Mary in the church, and I would just fall when I would hear him, and I begged him to teach me, and he said, well, I'm not really good at that teaching, and he's really kind of a shy guy, and I said, do you mind if I record it? And he said, okay, but I couldn't get the dialect done, and then I asked the Blessed Mother to help me, and the next day, I had it memorized, and I knew that Our Lady was pushing this forward. So that started the beginning of the ministry and um, correlating what the Old Testament does 
with the New Testament and owning that there is no separation of time. And in our mind, we can go back to the experience of God in every aspect of the rosary. Something shifts. And you're not just praying, you're experiencing and you're being healed. And God is present. And the glory of the Lord is upon us. And I feel a call to to see if we could recreate parishes having a living rosary and parishes with the family and the kids and they all experience that and father maybe i'm called to fly to your parish and 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 do it there <laughs> praise be to god <laughs> no it sounds like a, a, a beautiful kind of thing I, I think we we often think of the rosary as you're saying it's just kind of like going through the motions it's like okay how how I got ten beads. If I say 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 them, you know, the Lord, it's like magic kind of thing, like magic beads kind of thing. And and yet, like you said, it's it's meant to create a context for allowing the Lord to speak to our hearts and to let, in a sense, to give ourselves every human advantage of creativity, as you're talking about, a kind of healing rosary, or or just placing us ourselves in that that quiet and. I imagine the, the, the themes of the mysteries of the rosary from different vantage points. I know for myself, sometimes I even, I'll start my rosary and I'll, I'll be in like the third mystery, but I'll, I'll still be kind of contemplating on, on that first mystery. I haven't really, it's kind of, there's a deepening of it in that way. And so there's, there's a powerful way in which the rosary has to transform our lives. And isn't it amazing what God can do when we, we abandon ourselves to his will? It's just that he'll make us fruitful in ways that we can't even imagine. Our spiritual director today, Father Michael Hurley, you're listening to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio. And Teresa, thank you so much for that call and sharing how God has worked in your life, even while going through the difficulties that that you've shared with us. Um, We're going to take another short break here, but want to invite you, if you're listening, you've had that cross that you're carrying in your life, and how God has worked in your life because of that cross, because of that suffering. How's it made a difference? The number to call, 888-914-9149. That's 888-914-9149. Innerlifeatrelevantradio.com is the email address, and we'll be back here in just a moment with more of your calls and more with our spiritual director, Father Michael Hurley, on The Inner Life. on Relevant Radio. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Inner Life Show or email us innerlife at relevantradio.com. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Welcome back. I'm Josh Raymond, along with our spiritual director, Father Michael Hurley, a Dominican priest in the Archdiocese of San Francisco, pastor at St. Dominic Parish there, and uh, looking at how we can take up our cross and follow Jesus here on The Inner Life today. And want to say thank you to Nick Schmitz and Jake Moore, who are helping coordinate everything behind the scenes, make the show run as smooth as possible. And I uh, want to thank you for tuning in and listening. If you, if you missed 
any part of the earlier conversation, uh, then later today, probably within a few minutes after the show's over, we'll do our best to have the podcast of this program of The Inner Life available for you. You can access it through RelevantRadio.com or through the Relevant Radio app, and uh, that's a great thing. If you don't have the app on your smart device, it's absolutely free, and it has so many great resources, not just being able to listen to the live program or go back and listen to past shows on the podcast, but there are so many different prayer and faith resources there, and uh, it, it, has, it has a ton of information. So download the Relevant Radio app if you haven't done that. So, Father Michael Hurley, as we're looking at taking up our cross here, what if in taking up, uh, you know, talking about all this suffering, what if our life, if my life is fairly easy, if I don't have a serious illness, I don't have chronic pain, you know, I'm employed, I, I, I have a healthy family, life's pretty good, right? Well, am I supposed to seek out suffering so that I have a cross to bear? Do I acknowledge just the little inconveniences that seem maybe in my mind petty compared to the real suffering that other people are going through? Or do I look at that as maybe an opportunity to take on that role of Simon of Cyrene, where I, I know somebody else has the cross they're carrying, and I come and help and walk along beside them. Uh, is that my call to help others then at that point? Yeah, no, that's, that's a great question. I mean, if you don't have any suffering in your, in your life, you, you're probably headed to hell. No, I'm just kidding. No, I, I, think, I think everyone has suffering. <laughs> we'll just let that statement breathe for a second there. <laughs> no, I, 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 I always have a goal that to make the host laugh at least once. So no, um, no. <laughs> the, the, I think the idea, when it, well, first of all, when it comes to, it, there's no major suffering in our lives, as, as you, as you uh, say. Uh, there, there, I mean, to be human is in some ways to suffer. So we shouldn't discount, even if someone looks like they're not suffering, that they certainly everyone has struggles. But, but you do bring up a good point about how we can be called part of our own across those burdens that we have, is to be like Simon of Cyrene, to, to help others uh, carry their cross. Uh, there's a way in which the, I mean, the gospel yesterday was the, the rich man, and, and, you know, he ends up in eternal flames, not because he was rich, not because he wore purple garments like the priests do for during Lent, uh, and, and not even because, you know, he, he lived, you know, within his means to have fine dinners and things like that. It's because he couldn't see the need right at his doorstep, Lazarus, who was um, not just an unfortunate fortunate person, but, but someone who was really in need of, of, of help and he needed a home and food and, and so forth. And so there's a way in which um, the, being able to see the need around us, to see how others are bearing their cross and responding to it is actually part of the gospel directive and, and commandment. And so to bring that sense of our own daily uh, taking up of cross involves being able to be aware of others' need. In other words, abandonment to the divine will is often inextricably correlated and connected to helping others to bear their cross. And hopefully, if we're all doing that together, you know, in, in kind of a reciprocal way, we're, we're all kind of lifting up the cross together in our own way as, as we are able. Right. Well, and St. James, he, he calls us to do that to help others as well. Uh, when he's talking about faith without works being dead. You know, I think that kind of yeah. goes along with what you're talking about with uh, the rich man and Lazarus. You know, he says, if uh, your brother or sister comes up and they're hungry or they don't have what they need, and you say, oh, go in peace, be warm, be well fed, but then you don't help them out. What good is that? What good is a, a kind word if you're not actually going to take the action of helping them? 
Father Michael Hurley, yeah, I, I'm sorry, go ahead, Father. Oh, no, I just, I just thought it, it, it does, and it, it helps because sometimes we think taking up our cross is kind of an individual exercise, like it's kind of like, oh, I've got a personal trainer, I'm going to get in good health, and we think, I'm taking up my cross as like my individual kind of thing. That actually can be spiritually counterproductive. In other words, part of our cross is the connectivity we have with others. So I just wanted to, you made me think of that in that moment, so I just wanted to make that connection, that part of our cross is connected to uh, seeing the cross of others and being able to help them to carry it as well. All right. Our spiritual director, Father Michael Hurley. And Father, let's go back to the phones. We've got Norma, who's listening to Relevant Radio in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. Hi, Norma. Welcome to The Inner Life today. Hello. Hello, Father Michael. It's a wonderful program today you have. Uh, But I want to share my cross things. What a blessing. I praise to my Lord every single day for giving me this cross. My cross has been blind. And what a wonderful, because without that cross, I will never be on his feet like I am now. Um, it's a marvelous um, surprise that he always gives to me every day, every time with my brothers and sisters there around me, the blessings that he blessed me every day. I cannot exchange it for anything. If somebody is suffering with the cross, it's a blessing, brother and sister, up there, they're listening today, because, um, like, for example, um, through the cross, with our cross, a living cross, we are witness to glorify our Lord every single day, Father. So I'm joy yeah. and happy to share this cross with the audience and with you, that yeah. to me, it's a blessing to my life. Yeah. Norman, let me thank you for sharing that. That's, I mean, obviously, uh, not being able to see being blind is, is, a, is an absolute uh, cross. But was there, was there a point? You speak of it as a blessing, which is certainly a, a spiritual grace and strength of our Lord. Was there a time when, when you struggled with it a little bit and didn't see it like a blessing? And, and if someone were to ask you, you know, how are you able to see it as a blessing? What, what, what could you tell them? Oh, Father, uh, don't get me wrong. I was days that I cried day and night. Um, But to those suffering, um, the Lord speaks to you. The Lord tells you, I'm here for you. I'm doing this for you. I mean, Father, we need a lot of time. But when I (laughs) suffer so much that I tear up a lot and all the stuff, he always answers. He's always talked to me and always let me up. He's the light of my soul. He's the, my strength. He's everything to me. And because of this cross, Father, I came closer to him more and more every day. Beautiful. Yeah, no, and I, I think that's it's such an encouragement to, to hear you say that because it lets us know that as as, he, as the the angel says to Mary, nothing is impossible for God, right? <laughs> and so there's there's no suffering that God can't in his own way strengthen us to to bear and and to to love through us in that way. And thanks for the call, Norma. I really appreciate you sharing your story with us. And Father, you're talking about where that that heavy burden, that heavy cross that we might have, what if it does just at that moment, it seems too hard to bear? You know, I, I as um, Georgia was talking about losing her husband there, I'm sure those first days and weeks must have been just so devastating. 
And when you have that moment, and it is, it's so hard to bear that cross. What at that point, what, what, what should we do? Yeah, I think once again, just to go back to that idea that we, we shouldn't try to um, minimize the cross. In other words, I think it's it's probably a wrong strategy to say, well, it's not that bad or try to, you know, compare ourselves. Because that's often what I, you know, when I, I think of like, you know, I've got some burden in my life or something. Well, it, it could be worse or it could be kind of these platitudes, spiritual platitudes that are, you know, the Bible says God won't give us more than we can handle, which is not true. It never says that anywhere in the Bible. On the contrary, it says that, okay, we, we acknowledge the fact that this is a real loss. This is real burden. I mean, death is an evil. Jesus is, gets angry at death in, in the Bible. There's real loss there. So, mm-hmm. so we, to, in order to acknowledge that real loss, I think that's actually a good first step. We just don't want to get stuck there, right? So, so we, we don't minimize the loss, but we maximize an open heart towards God's grace to heal it, to transform it as he does his own cross from, from the, the cross to the, to the empty tomb. And so if, if, if you're in a place right now, if you're listening and you're in a place where you just seem overwhelmed and it seems overwhelming, I would say, yes, it's probably true. It probably is overwhelming. It's probably more than you can handle. It's, it's probably a, a struggle. And yet in that moment to ask the Lord for help, ask the Lord, say, I can't do it without you. The Lord says, without me, when he talks about being the true vine, you can do nothing. And it's that really invitation to let go of control, (laughs) the control we all want and need and think we need for happiness, to let go of that control and say, Lord, as Peter, I go back to that analogy of him walking on the water, (laughs) Lord, save me when he begins to sink. Right. Yeah. Lord, save me. That right there. And that's probably one of the shortest prayers that anybody prayed to Jesus. (laughs) It's just so quick right there. Um, Our spiritual director today has been Father Michael Hurley. Father, we're down to the last 30 seconds. Can I ask you for a blessing for all of our listeners? So may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the the Lord make his face to shine upon you and may he turn his countenance toward you. And may you bless Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father Michael, for joining us here on The Inner Life today and uh, helping us look at that concept of taking up our cross, taking up our cross daily. And uh, I hope this has helped you on your faith journey. It's been such an honor to be here with you for this week and looking forward to many weeks to come here on The Inner Life. Uh, along with you. And if you have any other questions, if you have a suggestion of a topic you'd like us to cover on The Inner Life, send me an email, innerlife@relevantradio.com. Coming up right now, we've got the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. Father Edward Looney is the celebrant. And have a great day and a wonderful, blessed weekend.